Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I'm your host, as always, Roy Turner. Guess who's here? Barry Corbin. Now, some people automatically will go, oh my God, Barry Corbin. Others might kind of go, well, well hey, who, who is that? Well, and it'll take me about three seconds for you to go, oh my God, yeah, of course, Barry Corbin. Um, we'll go in backwards for a second. Uh, Barry, um, actually, you know what? We're not. You know what we'll do? We'll start with his very first role. Uh, he was an uncle. Uh, he was he was John Travolta's uncle in Urban Cowboy. And then from there, he took off. Him, you, Everybody remembers him, of course, in the 80s. Uh, he was the general in uh, war games and just a million of those. Just He played a sheriff in literally everything, the original Dallas series, everything else. Uh, and his career has gone all the way to present day with the, uh, the current hit Better Call Saul. So you guys might remember uh, a very memorable scene if you guys were watching Better Call Saul uh, when there was this one uh, holdout tenant uh, that when Kim Wexler, the character, was uh, working the Mesa Verde case, they didn't want to sell his house. His name was Everett Beckett or something like that, whatever. Uh, and anyway, the door opens and there is uh, Everett Beckett, this kind of... Um, disagreeable kind of disgruntled uh, older gentleman completely unrecognizable I had no idea that that was Barry Corbin so if you're a young person and you've only seen Better Call Saul and you remember that scene uh, look at look him up man he's been around for like 40 years and we're gonna get into all of that uh, this uh, in this episode um, if not for the coronavirus um, Barry is actually gonna be doing some shows which he should, because again, this guy has worked with literally everyone. I've, I, I cannot think of another person that has been in the business this long that has worked with this many different people and this many different, I don't know, different genres of people, like or, or different genres of, of, of entertainment, period. You don't meet too many people uh, that have hung out and uh, worked with Clint Eastwood, you know, the Coen brothers. Uh, you know Larry Hagman. Uh, you know the he's just a especially in Texas. He's just such a, a part of that Southern um, uh, fabric. Uh, he was on the radio here for like twenty years, and uh, just a great guy. Uh, Barry is seventy-eight years young um, uh, this year, uh, but still kicking ass, man. And uh, I'm so excited for you guys to hear uh, our conversation. I uh, wanted to talk about a couple of things just real fast. Hope everybody's having uh, the best possible summer that they can have, uh, given uh, the current situation. But you know, this look like some, some some good things are on the horizon. Uh, being a massive baseball fanatic that I am, I was so happy to see that uh, at long last that they are going to start the season. It's only, it's going to be, you know, uh, only sixty games. So we did lose a hundred of the of the or I guess a hundred and two games. I guess you would say. Uh, but better than nothing, um, and it's going to start, I believe, on July 25th, which is my mom's birthday, so uh, going to be a great day to watch some baseball and uh, celebrate my mom's birthday uh, all at once. And uh, got some other stuff coming up, uh, you know, we're still working on the King's X documentary, a lot of people are asking me about that, I get a lot of uh, messages regarding that, and yes, uh Obviously, production has been slowed a little bit because uh, it's really not a great idea to 
and a lot of people that we want to interview, um, you know, obviously want to, you know, still maintain social distancing, and and we're able to do that a little bit, but um, but yeah, it's coming for sure, and and all these people that are like wanting to know about the new record and stuff, just hang in there, man. I'm telling you. Um, like, well, when's it coming out, man? Like, you know, those are people who don't know anything about, A, the music industry, and B, who don't know the inner circle or think that they know the inner circle. But uh, all will be revealed soon. I promise you it'll be worth the wait. Uh, I've Obviously, I was there when they, you know, recorded the record. Hell, I was there when they wrote the record. So I can trust uh, I, uh, trust me when I tell you that it's it's definitely worth the wait. Um, uh, you know, a couple of other different, different things, too, was... Um, we uh, last Saturday, well, probably one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Carl Reiner, and he wrote a tweet. His tweets are always so uplifting and inspiring and sobering, and I love when he goes after Trump. and uh, And of course, his son Rob Reiner uh, is is just as uh, an intelligent and informed, um, a very outspoken um, artist as well. Who can forget, of course, Spinal Tap? Uh, and there's a there's a great. Um, I don't want to give it away, but there's a there, the thing that we're working on. There's gonna there's a bit of a of a spinal tap reference. I think people will enjoy. But anyway, on this past Saturday, he tweeted, "Nothing pleases me more than knowing that I have lived the best life possible by having met and in marrying the gifted Estelle, his wife Stella, who partnered with me in bringing Rob, Annie, and Lucas Reiner into this needy and evolving world." And I was on my way to see my mom on Saturday. Uh, when I right before I read that, or right after I read that, and I hadn't seen her in about three weeks, and it's been on my mind a lot, uh, and just how wonderful that is. And then I woke up today to find out that uh, that Carl had passed today. So uh, again, it's uh, you know it's sad, uh, but my gosh, what a life! Ninety eight years old, and he did it all, and still had was at peace and had gratitude to the very end, and that's. Uh, God, that's more than anybody could hope for. So, um, uh, again, condolences to uh, to the Reiner family, uh, and bless you, Carl. Uh, God, what an inspiration uh, that you've been to me, uh, literally my entire life. And so, uh, cheers to you, my friend. Um, and you know, and and not the only one. Uh, not to be all a downer, but uh, but also, uh, but also uh, Bonnie Pointer from the Pointer Sisters. Now. The Pointer Sisters that you might know and love, at least I know that I know and love, of course, are the, you know, the He's So Shy and, and, oh my God, I love all those songs Um, uh, from the 80s, Automatic and, you know, Neutron Dance, all those big hits. She actually had already had left the group by that time to do like a solo group and and she had, uh, God, uh, kind of a hard time, kind of a hard life uh, here and there at times, but... uh, but regardless, uh, you know, it was actually her uh, and her sister that actually are the ones that started the Pointer Sisters uh, in the late 60s, early 1970s. So um, I mentioned that is because uh, this is going to be the Barry Corbin episode where we're going to be talking about, again, this upcoming tour that Barry's going to be doing where he's going to be sitting there telling stories and doing Q&A. It's going to be so great because, again, who's got more stories than Barry Corbin and each show will be different. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of things in this conversation that I saved for our special 1980 episode. So our listeners out there, if you're new to the show, you know that we're, I grew up in the 80s and I'm obsessed with them. And I'm so excited that it's the year uh, 2020, we get to start from the very beginning. We get to start with 40 years of uh, 1980 and we'll do 40 years of 81. Uh, we already did um, 87 and 89 last year. 
uh, I'm sorry, um, a couple years ago, but um, I kind of started last year really because it was you know it was like the like 30 years of '89, and I thought, man, I get to start all over again and actually do it right uh, in order. So we got this great 1980 episode coming up. And uh, with a lot of special guests, including Barry Corbin, where we're going to be playing a lot of music and a lot of stuff, a lot of people's history. Like anybody can just go to you know to some web page and just look up a bunch of facts about the year 1980. We're going to talk about it and play music from it, and and uh, and also talk about my own personal history. It was a very pivotal year for me. I was very young, but uh, it was still something great. And I got a big surprise for everybody. So make sure you tune in uh, next week uh, for the big 1980 episode. You'll be hearing. Especially if you like this one, because you'll be hearing many, many more stories uh, from Barry Corbin about a lot of the movies that came out that year, like Urban Cowboy and Stir Crazy and things like that. And I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Hop and Sting Brewing, uh, Delgado Smiles Orthodontics, uh, check out Hakuna Coffee and also Hampton Water. And again, uh, Blackstone Labs, the protein uh, powder that has been fueling me as I'm doing my workouts over here at Rock Box, Fit, Rock Box Fitness, uh, right here in Frisco, Texas. It's about 40 minutes north of Dallas. Uh, shout out to Joe Arce uh, and his crew. Uh, and I'll be going there in a few hours to sweat my ass off uh, here just in a little bit. So anyway, uh, I wanted to play a... I'm going to play for the song of the week. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, the name of the, the show is called Tricky Kid Radio. If you don't know why it's called that, it's a long story. I, I, I have an alter ego named DJ Tricky Kid, and how I got that name was way back in New York. But uh, it is uh, rooted in the artist Tricky. Um, and he, after three long years, has another record coming out uh, in September. The album is called... Uh, Fall to Pieces. It'll be out on September the 4th on his imprint, False Idols. I'm going to play you, uh, I guess it's going to be the first single. This is called Fall, Please. And it says featuring Marta. But I don't know if Martina Topley Bird, his longtime collaborator, has shortened her name to Marta because this sounds a whole lot like her uh, and the name is kind of similar so anyway regardless it's a great track uh, of course we love Tricky and really looking forward to that record coming out in September the 4th once again on Foss Idols don't forget to check us out on Facebook under Tricky Kid Radio Podcast uh, we're on Twitter underneath Tricky Kid and the number two again my alter ego DJ Tricky Kid is under just that on our Instagram subscribe to us we're on Spotify we're on all the platforms iTunes uh, the whole bit we're also on Anchor check them out anchor.fm it's a great uh, platform for podcasts I've been really enjoying it it allows me uh, to add um podcast art individual to each uh episode it's the only one of the platforms i'm able to do that with and i've been having a lot of fun with it so make sure you go to anchor.fm type in tricky kid radio obviously we're also on iHeartRadio. uh and hey enjoy this new song from tricky and we'll be right back uh with barry corbin and we're gonna have a lot of fun Another 
Howdy folks, this is Chet Garner, host of The Day Tripper. You're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with host Roy Turner. have got something uh coming up planned uh called an evening with barry corbin um and i know the course you know what's going on right now is kind of preventing some of those dates to happen but they're eventually in the works is that right yeah we've got uh, we've got a lot of interest in it but we we can't uh, nail down in the stage yet because we don't know when they're going to turn us loose <laughs> i know right we're all under house arrest well pretty much i'm uh uh, well, I don't feel like I'm under house arrest. I get out some, but uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, we can't uh, have big crowds of people getting together. Yeah. Which is what we need if we're going to do a show. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll tell you this, is once those shows actually uh, happen, uh, I would be uh, one of the people that would be down front and center because... Uh, we uh, are putting together a program um, that's kind of based around uh, right now, about around the year 1980, um, and kind of. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have this. Uh, I'm gonna have my show. I, I think we're gonna start it uh, as soon as they open up. And the little high school that uh, that uh, uh, specializes in uh, in the arts. Oh, good. So we'll uh, we'll. Uh, I, I believe that's where we're going to we're going to open it up. So, well, that's you're a, in the neighborhood. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, I, you can you can count on my participation. All right. Good deal. Uh, let's see. War games is one for that people like, and uh, then there's some video games that people uh, watch. Uh, uh, Command and Conquer, something like that. Uh, and. Uh, I've never seen it, so I don't know. Much about it. <laughs> well, I'll, and, uh, I'll go ahead. And then, uh, uh, of course, uh, television—they uh, a lot of people like uh, One Tree Hill, and a lot of people like uh, Northern Exposure. Oh yeah, so right. it's a variety of things that people want to talk about. Well, well, that's why this show that you've got coming up, the uh, the evening with Barry Corbin, I think is going to be such a such a treat uh, for not only fans of yours that are familiar with your work, but just being able to. I mean, you're you're in a unique position. There's not many people that have you know been in the business this long the, whose net spreads across that you know that wide of a of a, of a catch there, you know. Well, I, I try to, uh, I, I tend to take a, uh, uh, Ernie Borgnine's approach. Ernie said, uh, he, he did movies, you know, for a long time, didn't do any television. Some, uh, Girl Scout came up to him, wanted to sell him some cookies, and he, and he started talking to her, and, uh, she said, well, what, uh, what do you do? And he said, I'm an actor. She said, well, what are you on? And he said, well, no, I'm movie actor I'm uh, I do movies and she said oh my mother doesn't let me watch movies but I watch television so he called his agent said I need to get a television series <laughs> that's how he got into doing uh, McHale's Navy <laughs> and the last thing he did was uh, uh, Spongebob Squarepants <laughs> playing something on that so he, he was always looking for a younger audience I try to 
I try to mix it up a little like that. Well, it's definitely... You keep, uh, keep inventing yourself. The Evening with Barry Corbin. What can people expect? Uh, I, I would imagine a lot of great storytelling, just kind of like what we're doing right now, and a lot of fun and... Uh, but in terms of structure and format, what are you what are you hoping to achieve to have that look like? Well, uh, it's it's going to be very very fluid. Uh, what I I'm, I'm not going to I don't have a script. I'm just going to go out and talk. Good. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, and then when we have the when we have the uh, question and answer stuff going on. With the audience, uh, it'll be. I, Lord knows what that'll be. I'm, I don't know. I'm. I'll answer anything if they ask. Well, if, you, if I don't know the if I don't know the answer, I'll lie about it. <laughs> you got you got nothing to lose, right? Huh? I said you got nothing to lose. <laughs> no, I got nothing to lose. They, uh, you know, if they don't like it, they can leave. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But but that will be really I think will be the pulse of it because it'll make every show different, right? And yeah, all every show will be a little different and unique. And then because you like you said, you have no idea what they're going to ask, and so it will that'll be the pulse of it. You know, is kind of whatever they're going to ask and whatever your answer is going to be. And and again, like I said, yeah. and if they don't like the answer, well, we <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, I, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I, I always when I do a show like that. I, I used to do a show about Charlie Goodnight, and uh, I was playing Charlie Goodnight. And it was his last night in the world, and I'm. Uh, he was ninety. Uh, I think he was ninety. Ninety six when he died, so I played at that age, and uh, he was. He was not. Uh, he was not the most uh, uh, accessible fella in the world. He, he was, he'd, he'd uh, cuss people out all the time. So. <laughs> and uh, so there was one, one day, I, uh, one night we had an audience member out there who had this uh, this phone, this cell phone that tweeted like a bird. You know, it didn't uh, ring, it just tweeted. <laughs> and uh, I, it, it went off. Once and I, I kind of ignored it the first, the first time. And then it went off again. And I said, "Somebody let a damn bird in here! <laughs> he said, somebody find that bird and get it out of here!" <laughs> and then, got, then one night my, my dentures came loose, and I just took them out, put them in my pocket. I said, "That's what happens when you get old." <laughs> <laughs> And now you're in, you know, a very popular young people show uh, with Better Call Saul. And I'll tell you this, Barry, I almost didn't recognize you. And that's, I was watching, I'm a big fan of that show and I was watching it. And then when the, the uh, forget him, Kim Wexler, the lawyer comes to your door and you open it. And I didn't, I didn't recognize you until you, until you started talking and when I heard that voice, I was like, I would know that voice from anywhere. <laughs> well, that's, that's funny because uh, John Badham 
who directed uh, War Games, saw me in uh, uh, in the uh, uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And he said he didn't recognize me. He didn't recognize my boy. He didn't recognize anything. He said it looked like I was somebody just grew up in the desert. <laughs> he said he watched me. He had to wait for the credit to come on till he, uh, to see who it was. That and is. He was. He was surprised it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking Bad or any, or any of the Better Call Saul episodes beforehand. Uh, no, no, not really. I had. I don't watch a whole lot of television, but. Uh, uh, no, I'd, I'd heard I'd, I'd heard about him, and I knew uh, knew the reputation. Better Call Saul, I think, is the best show on television right now, and it was a. Uh, oh, that's a very good show. Yeah, I like Bob a lot. I mean, he 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 is definitely just such a unique one of those once a generation kind of talents. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Now I want. Uh, well, they're they're all delightful to work with. Everybody on that show. You know, I, it's uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun for me. Well, it was really neat to see. Uh, I I'm, I can't think of her her name. I know her her character's name, but it was really neat to see the character or the actress that plays Kim Wexler really yeah. really yeah, blossom. Yeah, she, she was very good, and just because she's become just just such a a, a equal uh, billing in that show because she's just so. Such a great performance she keeps turning in each each week of the show. Uh, what what would you say besides that? What would you say would be probably the most memorable experience of working with the Cohen brothers? Uh, well, uh, actually, you know, it, it was funny because uh, I'd never I'd, I'd met them for some other projects, but I didn't meet them up for this one. And apparently they saw every old man in the country uh, for that, and uh, they didn't. Uh, they didn't call me in for it. And uh, finally, they called just uh, like two weeks ago. Like, well, like three weeks before they were going to start shooting, they called my manager and asked if I would, if I would be interested in doing that part. And I said, well, my manager called me, said it's only one scene, but it's a memorable scene. So, uh, and it's with Tommy Lee. I've known Tommy Lee for a long time. And uh, I said, well, send me the script. Let me look at it. I read, started reading the script. And all, all this, uh, you know, gore and blood, <laughs> shooting people with bolts and stuff. It's the entire movie. And uh, so that, I did it, and it was uh, it was a good good choice. But the, the Coen brothers never talked to me. They uh, we had a what they called a rehearsal. I think it's more of an audition. They flew me to New Mexico and had Tommy Lee and I go through the scene once, and then they said, "Okay, that's it." And uh, we went to lunch, and uh, then I met uh, Javier, 
and uh, I, I'd known uh, Josh Brolin for years. Yeah. So we we met and had drinks in the bar. I think if I'd known, if I'd seen Javier do this, do that part before I met him, I'd have been scared to death. <laughs> yeah, but he sure. was uh, he was very friendly, and nice, and uh, so then I went and did this other movie, and then flew down to Marfa and did that one. And uh, what had happened was, was the Coen Brothers would have us do the scene several times in, in the setup, and then they'd talk about it back and forth between them and the, and the cinematographer. Okay, they never said a word to me. Wow. Or to Tommy Lee. Wow. And uh, and I, uh, I, after we were done with it, I went up to Joel, I guess it was, and I said, do you guys ever uh, give anybody direction? And he said, uh, well, if we cast it right, we don't have to. Wow. And I, I thought that was about the smartest thing I ever heard directors say, because most of the time directors confuse you. Yeah. You know, he's give you a direction. You don't know what they're talking about. But, but uh, they they didn't. Uh, they they just let us. They just turned us loose, really. Well, you know, it was funny when um, when I did see you in No Country for Old Men. Uh, I did know it was you. Um, I, I think I might have known you were going to be in it beforehand, and I remember kind of waiting for you know what role you were going to play and where you were coming in, and and then when you when you did appear on screen, um, you know, I was really surprised because it was a bit of a different role for you. Yeah, yeah, I I'd uh, spent a month. Before that, doing a movie, doing a little short western uh, on horseback. I was a horseback all uh, for like three weeks before that. So uh, I flew from uh, from Kansas down to Marfa, Texas, and I uh, went from horseback to the uh, wheelchair. Oh. The wheelchair made me sore than the horse did. <laughs> <laughs> will not pass up. All right. Well, thank you, Barry. I'll talk to you soon, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers to you, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, And in, in the summer of 1982, I think I saw the movie Six Pack about 45 times. <laughs> I I had it memorized. That's torture. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I know probably, what's funny is I haven't seen it as an adult, and I'm almost like you're saying, I almost kind of don't want to, because I have got such great memories of it as a as a kid. I, I understand that it may not have aged as well as I would have liked for it to, but, but you as Sheriff Big John Stone in Six Pack is, will always, whether you like it or not, <laughs> will always be my favorite role of yours, because it meant so much to me whenever I was a kid. Well, that's good. I, I, there was another guy told me that was his favorite thing of that done. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I'd almost forgotten the thing. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. We we did it down in uh, outside of uh, Atlanta. We stayed in Atlanta, and. Uh, it was it, the, probably one of the longest shoots I've ever done because we had snowstorms and everything else, and then we finished it. I thought and went, and went back to California, and 
was working on something else, and I got a call saying they needed me back for for two weeks for some reshoots. And so I had to go back and do some more of them. Okay. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting show, and it was the last uh, show that Diane Lane did as a kid. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I, I thought that was uh, that was a big thing to me that uh, that she went on and, and blossomed and, and became the the artist that she is. Right, because because you worked with her before well, she was still relatively, uh, I mean, like an unknown at that time. Well, she she'd done some uh, some stuff as you know, a child actor. Right, right. And that she was not, uh, and she was all. I mean, she was, I guess, in the in the mid to late teens when she did that. Right. <laughs> well, but it, uh, it was a, it was not a bad movie. It was, uh, it was, for what it was, it was pretty good, I think. I haven't seen it in years. And I, I guess the last time I saw it was when it was in the theaters. So I, I you know, barely remember the thing. <laughs> well, you know, it was just one of those things that just really spoke to me because, again, I was, you know, like, a very young guy and and it was always on you know and this is like during the summertime and not really a whole lot to do and uh and i just remember i would wake up in the morning to be on and i ended up just would watch this thing all day long and so i had the, I, I had the dialogue memorized i had the songs memorized it just was such a it was such a soundtrack to such a, a great time in my life and i'm i'm always will be grateful to you and uh, for that, and I'll and I'll tell you this: um, we were talking about how the year of country music kind of really kind of. Uh, you are everyone's favorite sheriff. <laughs> hey. Well, there was there was a time in that uh, during that uh, around that around that time, right after six pack, uh, that I started turning down any role at the. Uh, First name was Sheriff. <laughs> yes. Because I, I was getting stuck in that. You know, I played the Sheriff on Dallas and the Sheriff in Six Pack and the Sheriff and different, all these different Sheriffs. And I, I thought, well, I, I don't want to just play Sheriffs all my life. <laughs> I, I know people got, got in that kind of deal with doctors or lawyers or something, you know, and that's all they ever played. And so I had to kind of break that trend but uh it took but in terms of law enforcement <laughs> do you have any do you have any experience with that at all oh uh, not really I've, I've got a lot of friends who are policemen and uh my uh my oldest grandson is a is a policeman here in arlington okay so but i'm as far as i'm am I, i'm a kind of an honorary uh texas ranger and uh Kind of an honorary deputy sheriff for a lot of places, but uh, I've never actually worked in, in police work. Well, that just shows you that you're a master of your craft, my friend. <laughs> and actually, I, actually, I haven't done that many military parts either. I did. Uh, there's a great story, speaking about your kids, there's a great story that maybe some people don't know. Uh, and that is just a great story about how when you actually reunited uh, with your daughter, uh, Shannon. And that is such a great, great story. Can you can you tell that story, just, just a little bit of it, if you'd like? Well, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, 
wife was uh, it was interesting because we didn't I didn't know she existed until she was twenty six. Yeah. And uh, her son was born, and he had some health problems, and she wanted to find out if it was genetic. Okay. And her her mother never told me. I mean, her mother told me she might be pregnant. I was doing some Shakespeare up at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival. And I talked to, uh, you know, we were, uh, her mother and I had been uh, seeing each other. Uh, and she uh, told me, she said she might be pregnant. I said, well, we'll uh, we get married when I get married. And then I talked to her the next week. She said, well, it was a false alarm, but I won't be here when you get back. I'm going to go to another school. Oh. And uh, that was, and I didn't see her for years. And then. I saw her again, but she didn't mention anything about it. And uh, so when Shannon called uh, my agent, uh, and my agent called me, and he was all nervous, and said, there's a woman in Texas who uh, says she's your daughter. And uh, so I said, well, when was she born? I, you know, we went through different stuff. I said, well, you know, the interesting thing about that is it's probably true. Wow. And uh, so I called her on the phone. We talked for about an hour. Wow. And uh, and we talked every day after that. (laughs) And uh, not only, I mean, we not only became, you know, had a great uh, uh, rapport as father and daughter, we got to be best friends. That is so wonderful. That is so great to hear that. Now, uh, now she's she's married to, to a great man, and uh, I I got married about five years ago to a great woman, and and Shannon and uh, my wife Joe are close, are just you know they're close enough like sisters. That so is so they they kind of run my life. They, <laughs> they tell me what I'm doing, what I'm, what I've got to do. Well, and, that uh, my agent calls my wife or or Shannon one or the other and tells them what I'm supposed to do because I don't I don't even have anything to do with that anymore. They they handle all that. Well you deserved it at this point to have somebody else <laughs> <laughs> handle that for you. Uh, well, you know that speaks to me, and on a personal level, uh, Barry, I uh, my wife just gave birth to our uh, daughter uh, about three weeks ago. So I'm uh, we got a new we had a, got a little baby in the house, and then on the other hand, uh, my mom, uh, my mother was adopted, and she was looking for her family literally for fifty three years. And about four years ago, I was able to finally help her locate her sister. And I flew her to, to Las Vegas, and she met her sister for the first time ever. You know, uh, and we got yeah. and we got the whole thing on film, and we're actually making a we're actually making a little documentary about it. I hope you'll be hearing about pretty soon. So, uh, so when I when I heard that you had had reunited with uh, with your daughter Shannon in the best possible way, and and you guys are you know, uh, in each other's lives still after all these years and, uh, in, in, in a real family, I just, uh, I thought that was a beautiful thing. I think that a lot of, a lot of our listeners too would like to hear that, that, uh, and what a good man you are and, uh, and, and doing the right thing for your family. And, uh, 
And like I said, sometimes, you know, like I said, I, I grew up with four sisters and my mom and my aunt. So I, I know what it's like to be around a lot of women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I got that. Well, I'm sure it was probably a smart movie. You're much happier now, right? Yeah, I live right across the street from Shannon. And we're, uh, you know, we got a little compound over here in Handling. That's awesome. That's Well, you know, one of these days... Uh... But, oh, but man, you're still uh, kicking so much ass. You're on the the top show on TV right now, and, and well, but you're also you're a naturally funny person, though. I mean, you're obviously from Texas, very affable, and and just that personality. Just uh, it's fun to be around, you know. And so I'm really looking forward to these shows. I look forward to them happening. Hopefully, uh, sooner than later, uh, people will be able to see uh, advertisements to be able to attend uh, an evening. Evening uh, with Barry Corbin. Uh, Barry, I can't think of anybody in this freaking business that's got more stories that has worked with everybody. Again, uh, entering your seventh decade over a half a century uh, of doing it. And I tell you, Barry, uh, as as soon as those those uh, shows happen, you can count on me uh, being there. And I'd love to be able to to pick this up in person sometime. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd love to have that. Wait, let's. I would love that. I'm. We've got a million more stories. I got a million more questions. I'd again. I'd love to ask, and uh, we'd have to sit back and uh, have share a drink and uh, and tell. And, and I'd love to hear some more stories from you. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's do that. Absolutely. Well, Barry, listen. I will be in touch, uh, and I also I'll send uh, the link here uh, to uh, to uh, your agent and a few other people, and so you'll be able to you'll be able to see when this airs. This will air next week, uh, uh, next Monday, actually. Uh, and so uh, I'm glad I'm glad to hear your voice. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. I've been really looking so forward to it. Uh, and again, Barry, I look forward to to shaking your hand in person, real, 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 real soon. All right, good deal. Well, let's we'll we'll do that. Everybody, come out and see me. Well, I, I want to see you. Well, you can you can count. That's a, that's one invitation that I. Hi, this is Natalie Cox. I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner. Once again, thanks so much to my guest, uh, Barry Corbin. Uh, man, God, the guy's got a million stories. I can't wait for those live shows to happen. He's such a great guy and just so fun to talk to. And we always have a good time together. And so, uh, anyway, uh, so I'd like for you, uh, once again, I uh, want to thank again Barry Corbin. I'd like for you to check us out on all our platforms. Uh, go to anchor.fm. It's a great place uh, to... Uh, to listen to podcasts again, once again, we're on iHeartRadio and, of course, all the other uh, great ones. And do not miss next week, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to have the, the big 1980 episode. And if you're a kid of the 80s, this is one not to miss. Again, with more exclusive stories from the great Barry Corbin talking about Urban Cowboy and Stir Crazy and all that great stuff. 
Hope everybody has a great 4th of July. I know it's crazy out there. Maybe you're not feeling exactly patriotic this year, uh, given uh, the circumstances. Uh, but try to keep your head up. Try to be positive. Um, I know we all look forward to uh, you know fireworks and stuff. But I hope you have a, a, a find a way to have a good and safe time with your family. Uh, and just hope everybody's enjoying their summer. And we will see you next week.